Welcome to Living Beyond the Pain with Kay Rochelle. On today's episode, I'm going to tell you what's been going on with me as well to start on a new topic entitled, It's Not You, I'm Just Going Through. I will be discussing how pain affected my behavior and how it can also lead to isolation as I continue to discuss my journey with you. So please stay tuned. Once again, welcome to another episode of Living Beyond the Pain. I'm Kay Rochelle. Thank you for listening in. On the last episode, I talked about the different medications, treatments, therapies that I was getting due to my interstitial cystitis. While I was recording, I knew that I was going to have to have a procedure done that following week. And that procedure was the Botox injections. And the Botox injections were used to paralyze the bladder to provide some relief from the pain. I've had it done before, and to be honest, uh, this time it's taken me through it. I had to take a moment for myself to get my mind and my body together. Prior to having this procedure done, I had been getting bladder installations like every week. I didn't know if I wanted to share that, but I felt like I needed to. And I felt that way because... If you are at a place where you're thinking or you have to make that decision on whether or not you want to have this procedure done, I wanted to share my experiences with you. I had this done at the hospital under the anesthesia twice, but this time we did it a little different. We did it inside the clinic while I was awake. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I am hopeful that this will work again and provide me some relief. I was advised at the time that it takes about 14 days, if you're if you're wondering, it takes about 14 days to start noticing the effects of the Botox. And I'm way past the 14 days now, and I'm just now really noticing some of the differences. I'm still having pain, but not nearly as much pain as it was, because it was like on a 10 on the pain scale. And right now, it's about maybe a 7. So... To me, that's a big difference. I'm not going to lie. It was painful. And during that time, I was hurting like crazy. And it sucks because I was like wanting that Botox to work so fast. And it was seeming like it would never work. It's like it took so long. But I'm not trying to scare you out of it, you know, or anything like that. I'm just telling you, you know, my experience with it. And I was just miserable. And so I'm, you know, I'm just like everyone else. Um, I don't have pain master at all. I just learned a lot along the way on what helps me cope during days like those. Everything that I suggested before, like listening to your body, staying positive, holding on to your faith are things that I practice like every day. I've learned that sometimes you have to rest and not push yourself too hard because it can make the pain worse. So I had to listen to my body, even though I'm stubborn. I really am. I'm a stubborn person sometimes. I just want to keep pushing myself to do things that I know I need to just, you know, take a pause. Sometimes I even have to tell myself, girl, if you don't sit down somewhere, you know you're going to be hurting. (laughs) Even though I did that, I was still being hard-headed after my surgery. I didn't do that right off after my procedure, I mean. I didn't do that right off because after I had the procedure, I had to go and run some errands. And then I just 
you know, it just caught up with me. And I had no choice but to listen to my body then. Sometimes even I'm guilty of not listening to myself and push my body so hard, especially when life gets in the way and there are things that you need to take care of. That's why having a game plan, a great support system can really help you. Taking care of your business and then going back to taking care of you. Sometimes you have to even know when to hit your own reset button and know your limitations. Every day I have my own personal struggles with pain and my condition really, you know, doesn't make it better. (laughs) So I truly understand when, you know, you're, you're going through something. The one thing that I refuse to do is to give up on myself and let my condition define who I am and neither should you. Hey, I hope that you are enjoying the episode so far, but don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss out on the next episode. And if you're listening in on anchor.fm, Google, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, just to name a few, please feel free to leave a review, a rating, and share it with someone who you feel needs it. But wait, don't go anywhere because there's still more. So now that I've had the opportunity to discuss for those who may not know what endometriosis and interstitial cystitis is in the first few episodes, I would like to continue to discuss my uh, journey with you. In the first episode, I mentioned how my story began for me when I was in high school. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the first episode, please go back and listen to it. I feel it'd be a blessing to you. I'm going to pick up where I left off. And that was once I got the help that I needed, I was able to graduate from high school, even though I was in pain. I had learned early how to hide what was really going on with me from my friends. After I graduated, I went to college and my freshman year, it got real. I don't know if it was the stress that I was, you know, in because of the course load or if it was, you know, just going into something that's new and exciting and stepping into my adulthood, all I know is that I was noticing that I was cramping and having pains, you know, outside of my cycle. I refused to let it show. Then something happened. Yeah, I'm sure you can probably guess. I met a guy. And while I was in high school, I didn't date much, have a boyfriend or nothing like that. I had so much on my plate already dealing with the pain issues, and I was just trying to focus on finishing school. In college, it was a little different, though. All of a sudden, I'm dating and getting attention, and I was feeling myself a little bit. I'm not going to lie. So after after I was dating this guy for like several months, we decided we're going to take our relationship to the next level. And after that moment, my life changed in a major way. I say that because it opened up a whole new set of issues for me. The whole experience was extremely painful. I would get the sharpest pains and I would cramp so badly after I had heard stories, some horror stories, y'all, about different people's first times. And I never thought it would be this bad, though. 
the experience was what set the tone for the majority of my sexual experiences when even up until this day I mean it really set the tone for it it made me question even if sex was even worth having because it would hurt so bad sometimes not long after that I got really sick and the pain intensified I didn't even want to get out of my bed, let alone leave my house. I was in nursing school at the time, and I was missing so many days out because I started withdrawing from my from everything, from school, from people, my family, just everything. I was depressed, and I started isolating myself. I didn't know what was going on with my body. I would go to the doctor and they were treating me like I was making the whole thing up in my head. I would hear all kinds of reasons what it could be, but I believed differently. I was 19, afraid, stressed, and overwhelmed. I thought isolating myself would be the best idea at the time because I could no longer hide what I was going through. I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me have you ever felt like that before like you don't want anybody to feel sorry for you you just want to live your life you don't you don't want anybody to to have this pity party for you that I didn't like that I didn't want that for myself I always wanted to be as normal as possible I didn't know if um what I was feeling at the time that I've learned later was depression. And to me, that was the first time that depression and isolation showed its ugly face in my life. One day while I was laying in bed, it was like something clicked for me. I knew that I had to do something. I could not live my life this way. It was so much that I still wanted to do. So it was like I heard, get up. So I knew that was nothing but God and my mom's prayers, of course, that helped me to get back up and get ready to press forward. Unfortunately, I was unable to finish nursing school, but I decided that, you know, I needed to focus on getting my health together and just work. And so that's what I did. At the time, I had no clue that I had an underlying condition that was attacking my body slowly. I just knew I needed to take back control of my life. So when or if you're feeling down and you start thinking it's best for me to isolate myself, I want to tell you from experience, don't do it. If you give into it, it is very hard to come out of the headspace. That's when depression sets in and causes you to question every single positive thing in your life. You may think that isolating yourself would be better for everyone, and I'm here to tell you that it's not. I want to tell you that our world needs you. Your family needs you. You are here for a purpose. And what you're going through, you do not have to face it alone. God created you, and you are wonderfully and beautifully made. You are an overcomer, and I know that you are stronger than you realize. When you're dealing with pain due to medical conditions, especially when there is no cure, you will face these moments at some point. 
When you do, I want you to be able to arm yourself with the right tools so that you can help get yourself through those hard days. It's because of my faith that I know that no weapon is formed against me will prosper. God has given us power over our enemies. So take your power back. There are six things that I did to help me. And I'm hoping that these tips will help you. The first thing that I did was I recognized that I was pushing my family and my friends away. That was that was a big thing, too, because it's like I know that I'm being mean. And I know that I'm staying away from them so that I don't get short with them and I don't take out what I'm dealing with personally on them. So I'm I realized that I was doing that. And then it led me to do number two, which is made making the decision to reclaim your life. And that's a powerful moment when you say to yourself, you know what? I don't care what I got going on. I know I'm going to do better. I'm taking my life back. This is this is for me. This is a self-empowerment thing that I did for myself and that you should do also. Take your life back. Then the next thing I did, number three, was I got out of the house. I would take a walk, a drive. I would even sit outside and read a book. You can go to the library. You can go to the store. Just something to get out of the house because the walls, these four walls can be an, an, an imprisonment of your spirit. It'll hold you in here. And next thing you know, you get all these negative thoughts and all these doubts and these fears that creeps in and you just sink deeper and deeper into depression. And it's time out for that. Then, number four, I started accepting family invitations and friends' invitations to different functions or or if they wanted to go, just go get something to eat. Or I would just start accepting those invitations. And I would sit there and I would enjoy my family. I wouldn't even want to go at first. I think the battle was getting out of the house. It was more of a battle getting out of the house than it was actually being there. Because once I got there, it turned out to be different. And I would say, I'm going to stay for 20 minutes. But next thing you know, it's an hour and I'm sitting there. And at that point, it's like, okay, it's time to go. But you have to know your body and your limitations and what you can and can't do also. But being around your family and surrounding yourself with people who love you, which will bring you to number five, is surrounding yourself with positive people and people who love you and care about you. And once you get the laughing, the endorphins get the going, and before you know it, you didn't been there longer because you've been enjoying yourself. Then I did number six. I started praying and speaking over myself. I would speak things that are not as they were. You know, you when you go somewhere or if you're working now, you're at school or whatever, you you know, you have going on and you go somewhere and they're like, I can't tell you her. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Well, yes, it is. But I choose not to show it. And when they ask you, how are you doing? You choose to say, I'm good. I'm OK. Because you putting faith in yourself and your faith in your healing that God can heal you, that things can change and I believe that. I speak things that are not as they were. And I say, I'm good. And then I get up and I move and I do something. I know that with it being the holiday season, I'm sure that you're going to be getting, you know, some invitations. And I know sometimes you're not going to even want to go. And you may not feel like doing much at all. 
However, I think that with all the holiday parties, events, family, get-togethers, dinners, this could be the perfect opportunity to try out some of those tips. That's if you're up for it. I hope that you are. So I want to encourage you to stay positive, to make sure that you take time for yourself and continue to build on your mental health because when your mind is together, you can handle anything that comes your way. In closing, I know that We've been talking a lot about isolation, and if you have been isolating yourself and battling with depression, please get with your doctor and let them know so that you can discuss the best options for you so that you can get the help that you need. If you are having any suicidal thoughts, notify your doctor as well. If you don't have a regular physician, you can also contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. I put the number in the description box for you in case you need it also. And that number is 1-800-273-8255. And I know that with it being, the like I said, the holiday season, sometimes it's, it's harder especially when everybody's doing things that you may be limited to do yourselves. But just know that it's going to be okay. And we're going to stay positive and we're going to stay motivated. I pray that everyone will have a wonderful holiday season. And I know that we're approaching the new year and we're going to start a new decade. And I just want to pray for everyone all of my listeners, Lord, I ask that you give everyone peace in their mind, their body, their spirit, Father God. I ask that you comfort them when they're feeling lonely, Lord God. Lord, I ask that you give them the strength to get up and to get out and to move around and be involved in their families' lives, Lord God, that you continue to build them up, that you are with everyone, that your healing will begin now, today, Father God, and continue throughout our new decade, Lord God. I know that there is nothing impossible possible with you and that your healing touch can be on anyone, Father God, who's ready to receive it, Lord God. And I just thank you for those that are dealing with the medical condition, those that are incurable, those that are not, those that are in pain. Father God, we bind it up in the name of Jesus. And I ask that you give them peace, Father God, right now. And I give you glory and praise for all that you are. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to another episode of Living Beyond the Pain with me, Kay Rochelle. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and that you have a wonderful holiday season. I really do hope that you get a chance to use some of those tips that we talked about today. So until next time, I want you to remember that you are loved, you are not alone, and that it's time for us to come out of the shadows. Be blessed. Bye.